church say amen. amen. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. He said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. We're about to have a dynamic preacher that comes from the Edgewood Church of Christ to bring us God's word today. And I want you to listen and pay attention to the words of the Lord. I said that to say I saw some people on this side looking at my socks. Don't look at them. Pay attention to the word of God. This was the this was the sisters doing. Sister Terrell gave me a box of all these different color socks. And and here we go. I had to fight tradition this morning. But God is a good God. So don't pay attention to me. Focus on the man of God this morning. As he bring us. You, you, you good now? He got your attention now. Okay, good. good. Amen. Amen. Second thing I want to do is I would be amiss if I didn't thank Brother Claiborne, Brother Liam Riches, and uh, our sister, if I start name, all you that came out yesterday Amen. to work in the Lord's house to get it in shape. Um, they were working like busy bees. Cleaning and fixing and the kitchen looking good, the office looking good, and the hallway looking good. It was different teams working in different places, and everybody didn't come Saturday. Some came on Thursdays, some came on Fridays. Uh, Sister Cooper was in there. I think I, I, I want to say she was scrubbing the bathroom on her hands and knees in there on the other day. When you were there, yes, she was. That's what she was doing. Because uh, she, she, she wanted clean. And so thank God just for all of you, for all you've done to just keep God's house looking as a good representation of how we feel about him. We came out not because of duty, but because of love, the love of our God and the love of being good stewards of all the things that he's given us. And Brother Claiborne said there got to be a part two. So much to be done. We couldn't even get it all done in part one. So uh, he'll let us know when and where and how. But we thank God for just Amen. for what you have done and, 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 and all the, the, the things on the walls now and things like that. So thank God for Jesus. Yes. For God is a wonderful God. Wonderful. Uh, also want to remind the discipleship ministry that we are meeting at 1.30 today. We're having a brief meeting today to give you assignments and all that. Those who are person, part of the few, the faithful evangelistic workers. We will take care and make sure that you have your assignment so we can get out there and, and go out and win souls for Jesus Christ. So good uh, to have our two latest new members. Uh, they're not new members. They returned, but they, they rededicated themselves. Amen. And that is uh, Sister Kamara uh, 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 Nisbet and Sister uh, Ella Franklin. Raise your hand so they can see you. There you go, over in the corner, right over there in the corner. That's right. They're they scared to come up front and all that stuff. So I said, I got to tell it. 
So we just thank God for Jesus Christ and, 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 and him crucified. Are y'all ready to hear the man of God? Yes. Now, this message, this message is, this, I can't even tell. I let him tell. Amen. Amen. So we're going to have one more stanza of any way you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. And then after that, the word you will hear from Brother John Wilkie, minister of the Edgewood Church of Christ, and has, has his family with him. He can do all of that uh, after we have this last stand. The next voice you're going to hear is Brother John Wilkie. Amen? Amen. Come on, song leader. One more thing. Or two. Or two. <laughs> anyway, you bless me, Lord, you know. It's fine. Amen. Church, say amen. Amen. I am on vacation. I am 10 pounds heavier, three shades lighter. And the thing about my tan is that it doesn't fade. It just adds on to the next one. But I am glad to be in the house of the Lord. I am grateful to stand in the pulpit where your minister, uh, Brother Bethea, your elder and elders, Brother Jeff Veal and Brother Larry Frazier preach to proclaim to you my faith in Jesus Christ. I'm not here alone. I'm here with my wife. Sister Wilkie, will you please stand so we don't have any problems? Amen, somebody. Thank you. Amen, somebody. Uh, I tried to hide in the back, but Brother Bethay, I got summoned into the office. Uh, and so you're never on vacation from the Lord. Amen, somebody. And if you're going to be a preacher, you better have a word to say, even for the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. And I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to preach here at the East Baltimore congregation. I love this church. Sister Bethay, I love you as well. I, I just love uh, my cousins. Uh, here at East Baltimore, and you are doing a great work. Uh, keep up with what you are doing. The churches are praying for you. Edgewood is praying for you, and we pray that you prosper whatever you put your hands to. So I just appreciate you all, and prayerfully we'll continue to grow uh, our relationship together in Christ Jesus. Now, he didn't give me a time, and I didn't ask, but I won't keep you too long. As the scripture reading was read into your hearing, we are in Luke chapter 22, and the verse 31 through 34. Now, that's just something that we just read, but it's really more than that. Uh, we are dealing with uh, Peter, who is a well-known apostle. And if you were in leadership and knew something about Peter, Peter wouldn't be the one you would pick to be in leadership. Peter is one who always had his foot in his mouth. You would think he had peppermint socks to how much his foot was in his mouth. He was a man of pride. He spoke before it was time to speak. He spoke out of turn. Peter was a man who cussed. Peter was a man who was ready to fight, had his gat on the side. Anytime he was ready, he was ready to rumble, cut off a man ear, denied Jesus in public. But Jesus still picked them because love does not based off of performance. If, if it's based off of performance, then it ain't love. 
Love is based off of Christ and the spirit and the character of who God is. And I'm pretty sure that God picked some of you knowing some of the stuff that you would do after he had chosen. So, so we all have uh, something in common uh, with Peter. And I, and I love uh, the way God deals with people. I always pay attention to when God deals. You know, we usually get that in the Old Testament. You see how God deals with sin. You see how God deals with people. Uh, but in the New Testament, I, you rarely get a chance like this to have God, uh, Jesus, interacting and seeing how Jesus chose Peter uh, and understanding that Jesus can see something in you that you can't see in yourself. He called David a king when he was a boy. Jesus can see something in you that you can't see uh, in yourself. And the way God deals with us, the way he, he dealt with Jonah. Uh, it's just amazing how God can choose a preacher. Now, Jonah was a great preacher. Uh, anytime you can send one man to a city to, to convert a city, that's a good preacher. Uh, but notice that how God dealt with Jonah. He was patient with Jonah and he will even be patient with you. And just as he came and got Jonah, he can come and get you. He came and got Jonah when Jonah was in the storm. And God will come and tear up everything else just to get you. Uh, that's a God that you got to love a guy like that. Ain't that good? Uh, God dealt with Moses and Moses in his anger issues. He always had anger issues and he always would would cry to God and God would help him out. But uh, but Moses was so angry that he wouldn't be able to go into the promised land. But God is such a good God. that He took Moses up on the mountain and allowed Moses to see the fruit of his labor. See, that's the kind of God that I want to serve. And this is a God that Peter, though he had all these issues, God still chose Peter. As a matter of fact, God told Peter, if you remember in Mark, I think it was chapter one, verse 17, that I will make you fishers of men. I'm going to take you into an element from an element that you're familiar with and bring you into a situation that you need to be trained. See, God is a God that's able to look inside of you and see something in you that you can't see in yourself because he calls us to his agenda and not yours. Oh, I said something right there. I wish I had a church in here. God calls us to his agenda and not yours. Peter is one that God called to his agenda. And so in this particular text, and you probably know the story and about Peter, but in this particular text, Peter is kind of bold and Jesus uh, tells Peter that, uh, uh, you know, Satan desires to have you. You know, Satan wants you too. Satan desires to have you. He wants to sift you. Don't even want to keep you. He just want to destroy you. He's, he desires you, Peter, but I'm going to, to pray for you. And that's a good thing when Jesus prayed for. I like that song. Somebody pray for me. I love that song. Uh, I'm glad Jesus prayed for us. And Jesus said, I'm going to pray for you. But when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. And a matter of fact, Peter, Peter came out and said, Jesus, I, I die for you. I, I, I'll do anything for you. And Jesus said, listen, before the rooster. Crows, you're going to deny me 
Three times. So what's my message this morning? When the rooster starts preaching. When the rooster starts preaching. There's a difference between being indoctrinated and being converted. Peter, at this particular point, was indoctrinated. We know even the Bible in Proverbs 22, verse 6, the Bible says, teach a child and the, and the way he should go. And then when he is old, he will. That's indoctrinate the child. The conversion of the child comes when he gets older. So Peter, uh, you remember Jesus went out and asked him, who do men say I am? And what, what's, what's their opinion of me? What, are, what have they been taught? What knowledge do they have about me? And, they, and he said that some think you John the Baptist or Elijah, one of Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then he said, who do you think I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Well done, Peter. Because men haven't revealed that to you, but my father, which is in heaven. But you're not converted yet. You're indoctrinated. And some of us, as we come up in the Lord, we, we understand scriptures. We go to Bible studies. We have some good materials that we use to help us study. And we only indoctrinated, but we're not converted yet. We grow up in the church from a little boy up into a man. And, and at some point and at some time, conversion is going to take place. But until then, it's just indoctrination. You understand what thus says the Lord. You can flip to Galatians 6 and understand that there's some things that you can carry and some things that other people have to help you to carry. You can turn to Romans 12 and 1 and know that the mind has to be transformed. I hear you, God. And you also understand that if Ephesians 6 and verse 11, when it tells you to put on a whole armor of God, you understand that. You understand that you have the belt of truth that you won't find yourself exposed. You know if you have the breastplate of righteousness that you'll always protect your soul. You know that if you have the feet of the gospel that you'll always be ready to run the race. You'll know that if you have the shield of faith that you'll always be protected. You know that you've had the helmet of salvation. You'll never lose your head. And you know if you have the sword of the spirit of truth that you always be ready to defend the gospel of Jesus Christ, but it doesn't mean that you convert it. Knowing scripture doesn't mean conversion. Conversion takes place when you go through a failure. Conversion takes place when you go to a storm. Whether you caused it, which means you need to repent, whether God caused it, which means that there's a lesson in there for you, or whether some other people caused it where God just, just keep rowing. <laughs> but whatever it is, there's storms, there's circumstances that take place in your life where conversion. And now the scripture that you have begins to make sense. You be able to apply it, Brother Dow. That's when you're converted because you can't strengthen no one if you ain't converted the only thing you can do 
is give them scripture and tell them what thus says the Lord, but you are not converted until you've been through something. This is what I know about Peter. Taking him out of something that is familiar and putting him in some way where he needs to be trained. I just love this about God taking us out of our comfort zone. It challenges us, doesn't it? But Satan knows that Peter was prideful. That's why he wanted him. Satan knew that Peter was outspoken. That's why he wanted him. Satan knew the weaknesses of most men because we show it to him all the time. He ain't got a guess on all of us have some kind of weakness. I love that because Jesus knows the best and the worst of us. And he still loves us. That's what marriage is about. Knowing the best and the worst of a person and still loving them. That's why we espouse to Christ. God has chosen to marry us. If we accept the vows, even though he knows the best and the worst of us. Well, Brother Wilkie, all that you said is good, but what that got to do with the title? When a rooster starts preaching. You know, I found out that a rooster just doesn't crow in the morning. Now, I ain't no southerner, so I got to look up stuff. Now, I was down there in North Carolina back in the day, way back in the day, when I was a little boy messing around with the hen house that was underneath the house because they had houses built underneath to be a gate. And the chickens and the hens and the roost was underneath there. And I was just fascinated as a little boy about the chickens. And I went close to that fence underneath the house. And the rooster jumped on me and chased me out of there. <laughs> he began to crow. Because the rooster crows when it's threatened. That's one way. It also crows at dawn. It has an internal clock. It also crows when it's trying to mark territory. It also crows when it's time to mate. It also crows when it's ready to fight. And sometimes it crows just to show off. Because you'll get all the roosters crowing and the main rooster will wait until everybody's crowing and then do his crow and that's the end of the story. But no matter what the rooster do, the message is not in the anthropomorphism, which means human characteristics attributed to God. You know, the eyes of God, the ears of God, the hand of God. The, God don't have any ears or eyes. Or, he doesn't. That's the spirit. Worship God in spirit and truth. We worship God within our spirit. But understand that all those things about the rooster has to do with communication. So now, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to chisel this sculpture here. I'm, I'm working on it, Brother Bethea. 
So when the rooster starts preaching, he's trying to communicate something. All of us need roosters to crow in our life. Peter was warming his hands by the fire as they were taking Jesus away. Matter of fact, the Bible said, and they stood afar off. They didn't want to associate themselves with Jesus. And, and, and Peter didn't understand because if you notice that uh, Peter didn't remember what Jesus said until the third crow. So the first two he ignored because they didn't penetrate his heart. But I want you to understand that, that, that Peter was warming his hands by the fire. And whatever version you have, it says charcoal fire. And it's just amazing how Jesus can bring things to your attention at different moments when you read it. Because the only place in the Bible where I remember Peter was, was around the charcoal fire was when uh, they were out. Jesus had resurrected. They didn't know he was resurrected. They were fishing. He went back to what he was used to doing. I ain't got time. He went back to what he was used to doing. Jesus asked me to catch any fish. They ain't catch any fish. And Jesus is, listen, Jesus is on the beach with a fish. Eating breakfast. They trying to catch fish. He has one. And the Bible says Peter jumped in the water, swam all over to him. And Jesus, the Bible says the only other place I remember the, the fire being warm with charcoal is when Jesus was cooking the fish. And Peter is the first one over to him. And Jesus is using the fire as Peter was using the fire when he denied him, warming his hands in the devil's fire. Denying that he knew Jesus. And then the Bible says, when the rooster crowed that third time, Peter got the message. Because conversion is painful. If you go through life and you don't have anything wrong and there's no challenges in your life, just might as well embrace yourself. Embrace yourself because you're a child of God. It's coming. Something's coming your way that's going to devastate you. Something's coming your way because it's going to have to be a choice. There has to be something, some pain in this transformation. And if you're going to be converted, then that means that you're going to have to be in a circumstance where you realize that there was nothing you can do but ask for mercy. I am so glad David said that mercy and goodness shall follow me. All I need them folks all the days of my life because you can't make it without no mercy. You can't make it without no grace. And I need that from God in order for me to make it so I can make the decisions that I need to make for the Lord because I know that this walk is not my own. Peter denied him three times. And then on a third time, when the rooster crowed, the message only hit Peter. There's some messages that are preached from this pulpit that everybody don't hear. There's some messages from this pulpit that you say, you know what? That was for me. Where somebody else just 
cleaning their nails out or doing something else. So that message was for me. What's happening? Conversion. You'll hear messages that only reach out to you. They're just for you. That's why you are not the Miss Church. You don't want to miss your message. Because Jesus ain't coming down here to talk to you. He's going to use the man of God to do it. He's going to work with the man of God and the flock that he is responsible for to bring a message to that particular flock. Or a group of men. Or a sister. Or a brother. But in order for that to take place, all of us need to hear the preacher or hear the, the, the rooster preach. It means that there's something that needs to be communicated to you that is just for your life. Amen. It ain't for nobody else's life. And you, in order for that to happen, you still have to have a relationship with God. So you got to have a relationship with God. Like I said, Jesus knows your worst and your best. And at some point in time in your walk, there will be implosions. No matter how old you are. I know that your age and your time in the church don't mean nothing. There's no, no seniority in the church. Amen, somebody. I'm trying not to tear up the church, brother. I'm, I'm all right. Because Jesus told all them workers that I pay you. I give you one pence. Whether he came the 11th hour or the last hour. And then Jesus started with the last one so the first ones can see that the last ones got paid the same thing that they got paid. And they said, well, wait a minute. This is a union problem. It's a labor union. There's something wrong with this here. I work 11 hours. Matter of fact, in the sun. They work one hour and you gave them the same thing. Jesus said, wait a minute. Are you calling me unfair? This is my money. Matter of fact. You made an agreement. And I'm honoring the agreement. So what have I done wrong? See, this is how God deals. This is what I love about how God deals with men. Because God speaks to you even when you're in your mess. Some of our trials are longer than other people's trials. But when we're in a mess sometimes, it's just no way out. You just, you know, you got to do like Bruce Lee in the movie, just put the nunchucks around your neck and just sit down because there's nothing you can do. You can't get out. You just have to wait on the Lord. Our battles, they're different. Do you understand? David in his battle, all of us have a giant. All of us have a Goliath to face. And David couldn't use Saul equipment. Everybody don't go and face the same trials and have to go through it the same. You have to be careful what you tell folk. 
Well, this is how I got out of mine. Everybody has different equipment. David said, this is too heavy. I can't even I can't do nothing. I need to take this off. God has communicated to me a way that I could slay the giant because he has prepared me for this moment all of my life. Isn't there some moments? Do you understand that God has prepared you for today? Now, I know this message might not be for everybody, but that's okay. But I know it's for somebody because I know somebody wants to be converted. See, we are, when we are baptized, we are translated into the kingdom of God. And now transformation, the process of transformation begins in Christ. See, all our past and all our, all our sins are washed away, but our past isn't. And so you got to live with your past. And so as you go through this transformation, God begins to help you how you think and how you speak and how you negotiate in the circumstances you come in and knowing how to battle when it's time to battle. But you need a word from God in order to do it. So when Jesus looks at Peter, makes eye contact, the rooster crows, and what does Peter do? He starts crying. You see, because, you know, you think about it, you know, we call apostasy a public denial of Jesus. And we, we, we go to the scripture with Jesus, if you deny me, I will deny you before the Father. Peter did it three times. So why didn't he deny Peter? Because it just was an act. It wasn't who he was. Be careful that you make a permanent decision based off a temporary situation. It wasn't who Peter was. He had weak moments. And all of us have had them. We don't tell nobody. But we had them. And we were embarrassed. Only if you got the message. See, those embarrassing moments let you know that you ain't where you think you are. And you remember, he's like, you know what, man, I said that. Oh, my God. I thought I had a hold on my language. Then it comes out and guess what happened? The roosters start preaching. It's a moment that you understand that you've sinned against God, that your lifestyle and your actions have denied him. In public. But it's a chance for you to repent. See, that's the mercy and the love of God. You know, Peter went on and did some good things and he did some bad things. Acting prejudice with the Jews and the Gentiles. Didn't want to eat with him, Brother Dow. And Paul came and told him to his face. Ain't nobody perfect. We can't use that as an excuse not to get better, though. But none of us are what? None of us are perfect. All of us need roosters in our lives. Messages, moments, circumstances that will convert us closer to Jesus Christ. So the next time you have a message, I ain't going to preach long. I'm on vacation. 
Listen to the messages. But Brother Bethesda said, listen. Don't pay attention to his socks. These are some nice socks. <laughs> but listen to the man of God. Why? Listen, because God is speaking. We're not saying we're God. Because what the brother pray for? Make sure he does book, chapter, and verse. Because that's what the message is. But you got to be in proximity of hearing the message. So we got to be in the sanctuary. We got to be together. We got to come to Bible study. We got to do all the things that we need to do to make sure we don't miss any messages from God. You know, some of us said, man, I wish I was a prophet. You don't have to be a prophet. Just come to Bible study. And you'll get the message. Come to church. You'll get the message. You don't need a prophet, have prophet. Just come and get the message from these men who have spent their labor in the word of God. Communication. That's what this was about. I just gave it a fancy title just to get your attention. But this is really that the rooster can crow anytime. Doesn't just crow in the morning. Sometimes it crows for half an hour. Sometimes it crows at night. It crows when it wants to crow. As a matter of fact, there was more than one rooster. But this particular rooster got Peter's attention. What circumstance in your life is coming your way that's going to get your attention? Some of us believe we have a firm stand and we can't be moved. We sing the song, I shall not be moved. Hiding behind the mountain. But it's a situation coming your way. It's going to convert you. And if you knew what it was, you wouldn't even join the church. You wouldn't even be a part of the church. Says they join. You wouldn't even be part of the church because you don't know the thing. See, God don't give you everything at one time. You understand? He got enough grace. He give you a little bit at a time. He give you just enough light, my brother, for the next step. Because if you go too far, you'll retreat. So what God has to do, he has to pray for you. Jesus' prayers always get through. That's why I'm glad he's my intercessor. Because his prayers will always, he's praying for us. And Satan wants to have you. He wants to have you. He wants to sift you. Then he wants to spit you out. He don't want to keep you. He wants to destroy you. See, we got a savior that wants to keep us. We got a Lord that says, I have a a, a house, a great mansion, there have many, many rooms in there. And that and if I wouldn't, if it wasn't, I wouldn't tell you. But I'm coming back for you. Because God doesn't want to lose you. He wants all of you, not some of you. Satan don't have to have all. He just wants some of you. Because if he can get some of you, he can he can get the rest. Right. He don't want, but God wants to keep you. And so God sends us through the trials. Amen. When you read the Gospels and they were going in the boat and they were in the storm and they had just finished um, uh, feeding the 5,000. Yeah. And here comes a test. Right. I'm getting ready to close. And here comes a test. 
Now, I like these kind of tests. I ain't like the test where, I like the open book test. Did y'all like them tests? Right? That way I ain't even had to study. I could just go in the, you know, I, at least I think I didn't anyway. Uh, just go in the open book test and then, and then there's them, them, them tests where they close the book. Well, Jesus gives them an open book test. Just finished feeding the 5,000. Then he told them to grow on the other side. Storm comes. Jesus walks on the water. They're crying out, crying out, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And the Bible says if they wouldn't have cried out, Jesus would have kept going. And then he rebuked them. Now, he the one caused a storm, y'all. Amen, that's right. This is one he caused. That's why he told them to go out. He caused the storm. But then he rebuked them because they were so afraid. And what he said is, you didn't remember the baskets in the boat. That's right. Let that sink in for a minute. That's right. He said, you didn't remember the baskets. What do you mean by that? Here it is. I took a little. I know I was going to say that. I took a lad boy. I took this lunch and fed 5,000. Why would I let you drown? Your evidence of my mercy and grace is sitting in the boat with you, the baskets. Because not only you took up 12 baskets full, God has blessed your life so much. Why do we get to a point where we get fret about something small? And God says, what about I protected your children while they were in school? You was at work. What you worried about? I woke you up this morning. What do you, what do you worry about? The job that you got, you didn't get that job. I spoke to that employer and gave you that job. You didn't get that job. You think your resume got that job? You didn't get that job. I gave you that job. I'm the one that keeps you healthy. What are you complaining? Are you forgetting the basket full? You can count your, all of your blessings, just put them in the basket. So when you get into a storm, you can remember the basket. Just like Jesus said, you forgot the baskets that are in the boat. I'm here to tell you when the rooster starts preaching, he's trying to, God is trying to communicate a message to you to tell you to repent. And to show you that you need him. Anyone here? want to be a part of a family who has a father that has grace and mercy like that? A one that communicates with you? One that helps you through your trials, through your tribulations? One that knows the worst and the best of you? Do you want to know a God and serve a God? Like, I ain't talking about those unknown gods. I'm talking about a God that you can put your hands on. Because there's people right here. God's family. Some sick folk is in here. Some of us in emergency. Some of us in ICU. But at least I'm in the hospital. Because I'm getting care. And that's the best thing about God. That he cares. About everything 
that you go through. Every sorrow that you have, God cares. But you have to be a Christian to be in this family. The East Baltimore Church of Christ is a family of Christians that have accepted the fact that Jesus died for their sins. Well, first you've got to believe you're a sinner. You can't even sell anybody anything if they don't believe they should have it. You can't think you just need a little bit of the Lord because I'm okay. I just need a little bit of religion. No, you have to understand that you are a sinner and everything about you is sinful. But you'll never get that message if you don't hear the rooster preaching. The rooster is preaching. You have to believe that Jesus died for your sins, was buried and raised on the third day so you wouldn't have so God wouldn't have to slay you. He took your place so God wouldn't have to kill you because God had to keep his promise when he told that man, if you eat, you're going to die. But God thought of a way to bring in a substitute so that you wouldn't have to die in your sins. And that's what Jesus did. And now he sits on the right hand of the father with all authority, not only in heaven, but in earth, too. So I'm just letting you know there's no way you can run from God. But you have to believe that. And the Bible says now you have to repent. If you get the message, if you can hear the rooster. You need to repent of your sins. Confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Be baptized in the water of grace. Why? Because it's commanded. And you say, if you love me, then you'll keep my commandments. And that's one of them. But it's also a graveyard. Because once sin comes alive, you will realize that you're dead. Because you don't bury something that's alive. You bury something that's dead. And once you realize that you're in your sin and to God, or if you put God put you on the EKG, he would not get a heartbeat. Tell it. You have to be buried, but you have to be resurrected again in the water of yes, baptism. And then the heart starts beating. And now God can work on your transformation and your conversion. Do you want to be a child of God? He said, listen, just remain faithful. He didn't say never sin again because he knows that that's not going to happen. He'll tell you, listen, told the woman, listen, go and don't don't sin no more. No, don't have a lifestyle of it. But Peter had an act of weakness. Yes, sir. But it repented. See, we have acts of weakness yes, and then we make excuses for having them. That's not repentance. An act of weakness, Peter, you know, in our turn, he bawled out. He wept bitterly. That means he cried loud. But Jesus restored him. You know why? Because he knew that there's something good in Peter. And just like he believes there's something good in all of us, God wants to use that for his kingdom. When the rooster starts preaching, preacher, let's stand. Sing the song of invitation. This lesson is yours. Thank you for your attention and may God bless you.